The following program is brought to you in living color. You see this uh, earth? It has been resting. Now it's good. Someday I am uh, going to buy this land and I'm going to make a great wine. Right here on this wreck of a vineyard. I just don't understand what is wrong with you two. What is the joy that this stuff possibly brings you? It's just... It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's not fun. You two have demons you're trying to compensate for. Well, what about you? You're having a glass of wine. I'm not having a glass of wine. I'm having six. It's called a tasting and it's classy. It's the Wine Crush. The show that's all about the grape. Now, here's the host of The Wine Crush, the woman-selected best wine show host within earshot, Laura Lawson. You all know people like this. You may be people like this. Welcome to The Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson, your favorite Chardonnay guzzling diva, and you are listening to the show that's all about the grape in all its glory, all the vine, all the time, everything you ever wanted to know about wine and were afraid to ask. That's what we're here for. We are your media resource for everything about our greedy, overly fat, gluttonous little grape. Yes, that is what today's show is going to be about. It's just criminal. Our grapes have turned criminal on us. And don't just in what way? Well, well, number one, they all decided to just get fat all of a sudden. So this actually is trending to be the earliest harvest that California has seen in probably five or six years. Mm-hmm. Which I know you're just really, really I'm caring riveted. about. I'm riveted. Go I, talk, I can tell. please. Yes. Go ahead. No, the problem is, is that everyone has gotten used to harvest being in late September, early October, and all of a sudden they have planned based on that. So we have our wineries that still have some of their 2012s in tank, have them in cask, have them in their eggs, and then all of a sudden we're going to have harvest maybe eight weeks early. So all wouldn't of a that sudden, drive down the price? It's not. It's not about price, not price. The point is, there's no place to put the damn things. They don't right. know where they're going to go. You kind of go out, you look around your winery, and say, "That's full. That's full. That's full." We have a problem, and then you turn around and look at the fat, plump little grapes, and you don't really know where to put them. So it's going to be a very entertaining next three weeks out in our California cousins' country, just to see what they're going to do about the grapes. So we'll have to get some updates on that as things continue. And actually, we may have a really good chance to get an update today. We have Mr. Mike Benzinger of the Benzinger Family Winery joining us. Uh, He is head guru. He is CEO. He makes the wine for tribute. The man is just the jack of all trades. He does everything around Benzinger. And uh, he is joining us today because we're going to have a very candid discussion about biodynamics, organic, and he swears he is going to stay on point and we are going to very, very clearly define the difference between organic, biodynamic, all the different things from dancing naked with the moon to what it means to add no sulfites, to add no aggregates. So it'll be very interesting to have a conversation with him. Now, you've, you've scared me away from him because you, you said that I might have to do some editing on the show today because he's pretty lively. He, he is a lot of fun. Now, granted, the last time Mike and I talked was about six, seven weeks ago. We had both had a little bit too much Benzinger Chardonnay, so hopefully we will keep it in our traces today and go from there. Very but good. seriously, today is, is all about criminals. What we're doing with our grapes, our wine, it's just going to be a criminal kind of day. Of course, I opened mentioning the fact that we have issues with all these little greedy little grapes coming in and no place to put it, so do we have to rush the 2012 vintage? Perhaps that would be criminal, but we've got all kind of criminals in the news too. So this will actually be an interesting wine show. It's a shame we can't have a little jailbreak. We can actually change the website, put little bars on it. It'd be cute. We could use your face and just put a little mustache on it. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Perfect. All right. Before I get too far off on a tangent, we do have wine recommendations for today. Now, uh, I like trying unique Chardonnays. I know all of you will be just stunned to learn that fact. But uh, I have really been delving into Central Coast. And in doing so, I found a Chardonnay called Parapasso. Pretty label, very clean. I thought, I haven't seen this. Bought a bottle, tried it. It is absolutely fabulous. And the more I tasted this, it was very reasonable, too. We're talking under $10 retail. Sitting there, sipping it. It went from sipping to tasting, from tasting to flat-out drinking and had to go get another bottle. And I realized after I got through, there's a reason for this. 
The winery Dow produces Parapasso as a second label, so to speak. This is absolutely fabulous. You've got great pear. You've got great citrus to it. You have a good balance all the way around. It's not overly tropical. It's not over-oaked. has a great acidity at the finish. Really, really easy drinking. And the more I research now, the more I really appreciate it. But it took me a while to figure out the name, Parapasso. And I have to admit, it took me a while after my second bottle to pronounce it. But nevertheless, the Dow family came from Paris. They had actually uh, liberated themselves to Paris, and that's where they learned how to make wine and be familiar with wine. And then, of course, they moved to Paso Robles. It has one of the prettiest wineries I believe I've ever seen. It really looks like a postcard. And so they decided it was very fitting to name the, name the wine Para for uh, Paris, P-A-R-I, Paso, P-A-S-O, so the Paris of Paso. So I encourage all of you, go out, find the Chardonnay. It is definitely worth your while, and your pocketbook will definitely thank you. As a matchmate to that, I have, of course, been doing a lot of grilling lately. And when I do that and it gets hot outside, I can't do Zinfandel. Yes, I know Zinfandel is a perfect match to grilled items. You get things a little charred. Flavors are perfect. But there's just something about the ones I've been purchasing lately that were a little too high alcohol for me. So I've taken a step back and gone down to our southern cousins. And what I have found is the Terrazzas Reserva Malbec. And this thing is just absolutely fabulous. Very extracted, very deep, very dark. Again, this falls in the category of do not spill this on any clothing you own. You will never get it out. Smells of cedar, has spices, it has some bitter chocolate in it. This thing is absolutely perfect. Some of you will remember uh, Cheval de Andes was a wine I recommended about two years ago before it got all its great press. I would say that this Terrazzas Reserva is something on the new vintage we're definitely going to see some high points on. So for those of you who are into that, please do pay attention. This too is very kind to your pocketbook. You can find it generally for under $15. And what I did learn... There's something about the family. This is owned by the Chandon family. So for those of you who are Domaine Chandon fam fans all the way around, those of you who like Dom, those of you who like Moet, this is definitely high class, high culture. And anytime you see Chandon involved in a project, you know it's going to be high quality. So definitely seek this out. Terrazas, T-E-R-R-A-Z-A-S, Reserva Malbec. See? I'm being kind to you. I'm giving you easy drinking, inexpensive wines. That's my plan. I see no reason to criminally rob you by giving you expensive wine recommendations. So, in keeping with that, think about the world of wine. Think about all the books. Think about everything we've discussed in passing about the news. I want you to think back and remember, we did a series on a billionaire's vinegar. And it was about the book and it was about following uh, William Cook, as he bought some wines that he believed to be frauds, that he believed to be counterfeit. And now we're getting to the point, the suit has come up and a jury has made an award. Uh, he has been awarded $380,000 to cover the cost of the 24 bottles of wine. You ready for this? Plus 12 million impunitive damages. Now look, I understand Counterfeiting is bad. Counterfeiting is wrong. It does damage to the wine business as a whole. But I understand replacing the money. I understand, hey, you spent $380,000 on this wine. But to turn around and give the man $12 million because the wine that he was able to purchase was fake, I'm just not sure I'm buying into that. But ultimately, when you look at the broad scope, maybe it's sending a message because wine counterfeiting definitely does hurt us. It hurts the community. But I can't really say it hurts the day-in, day-out consumer. What we're seeing a lot of right now is you're finding a lot of counterfeit wines going in and out of China. The Chinese consumer is really the number one growing wine-drinking population, and they are just fanatical over French wines and slowly getting that way about California. And, of course, anytime you find a fanatical following where people are willing to spend a lot of money, you're going to find those entrepreneurs who are hell-bent on making a dime. So in doing so, what you're finding right now in China Instead of having uh, your Chateau Lafitte, what we have is Chatelet Lafitte. And they are taking advantage of people that don't know. Chateau Lafitte is one of the top five. Houses is one of the great five Bordeaux. However, Chatelet Lafitte is actually a busy, the busiest subway station in Paris. And people are getting the same price as they would for the Chateau Lafitte. Again, I go back to the fact it's shame to take advantage of people. But um, 
I don't know. Caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. If you don't know what you're buying and don't know what it's supposed to look like, do you really need to be buying it? So, of course, everybody's up in arms in a lot of the great houses, the top five gross, and, of course, some of the higher-end burgundy producers. They are creating new and different deterrents to put on their labels, to put in their bottles, so that only they will be able to tell if it's truly an original bottle. They're super secret spy handshakes, so to speak, built into the glass, built into the labels, and, of course, built into the corks. But again, I go back to you, regardless if they're detectable, if they can be determined, somebody can copy those too. So it'll be fun to watch how this unfolds and to see how the wine counterfeiting is really going to impact the rest of the consumers. I don't know about you, but I don't plan on spending $380,000 on 24 bottles of wine anytime soon, but at least it keeps us entertained. Hey, we're going to take a quick break right here. When we return, we will keep our eye on more criminal activity going on in the wine world today. For pictures, videos, show recaps, and more, become a fan of Wine Crush Radio Group on Facebook. Do you owe back taxes to the IRS? News flash, the president has changed the tax laws. And now, you may be able to pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, the tax doctor can help you pay the IRS as little as possible allowed by law. There are new tax laws for business owners, the self-employed, even W-2 workers. If you have a back tax problem or a few years of unfilled returns, new help to save you money is now here. Call right now to see how the new tax Tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-281-7048. 800-281-7048. That's 800-281-7048. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-542-6751. 1-800-542-6751. 1-800-542-6751. This is the news. This morning, we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort. They now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. The prestigious Harvard Medical School is breaking ground today, opening its doors to new female applicants. Today, little girls all over the world look to the sky, where the first woman is now in space. Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Ranger Station, Ranger Speed. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting. Location? Uh, In the woods, just outside of town. Oh, not surprising. You've got your home. Bears have theirs. Yeah, but see, this wasn't just any bear. This bear was wearing jeans and a hat, as in a smoky bear. Jeans and a hat. That's definitely smoky. What exactly did he have to say? Well, we were about to head home, you know, after having a bonfire. Oh, I can guess where this is going. Right, right. See, Smokey told me the fire wasn't actually out. He said if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. That's true. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfires fires are caused by humans? That means 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. Wow, no kidding? I'm a forest ranger. We never kid. Sorry. (laughs) That, That was a joke. Oh. 
If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference, because 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. of the Wine Crush. Welcome back to the Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. And besides the fact that we have a totally criminal bumper coming in the section, our criminality activity is going to have to be delayed because uh, <clears throat> certain producers can't keep up with segments, but actually yep. it is to my benefit. Because right now I get to start an argument I always love to have. Right now we have Mr. Mike Benzinger of the Benzinger Family Winery joining us. Mike, welcome to the Wine Crush. Hi, Laura. How you doing? I am outstanding. It is so nice to talk to you again. Well, thank you. I don't know if I'm crazy about the segue. You were just talking about criminal activity, and all of a sudden you introduced me. Well, I think, see, you had to hear the whole show. If Kent had been paying attention, and bless his heart, we all know he doesn't, the whole show today is about strange criminal activity. There's a whole, there, between counterfeiting, between Antonori's prison wine, there's all kind of fun stuff going on. And, yeah. of course, I was leading into you saying it's criminal that no one really understands the difference between organic and biodynamic and everything that comes together with sustainable, and no one can explain it well, and we all just get lost and don't care. That's what's criminal is not understanding it. So I know that you and I can have that replay of the conversation we had about six weeks ago, and every listener we have is going to come away with that aha moment and know everything there is to know about the different delegations and degradations of wine, right? Boy, you got some high hopes for this segment, I can tell you that. Well, of course, keep in mind, we were drinking last time we were talking, so who knows? We may have elevated the whole situation. There's no doubt about it. All right, for our listeners, this is the great Mike Benzinger. The Benzinger family have been icons in Sonoma for as long as I've been in the wine business, and that should tell you that means it's a very, very long time. They're forerunners of the great organic movement. They have done everything to benefit the Valley, and truly it's an honor to have you on the show, darling. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it, and, and thanks for giving me an opportunity to, uh, to uh, talk with your listeners and, and, to, and to carry on this conversation because, you know, I think you're right, Laura. One of the things that's, that's holding us back in, in this area of, of green farming and green winemaking is the amount of confusion that's out there. Um, when it comes to these different levels of farming, you know, I, th- I think that uh, it's pretty opaque to people when in the, and it kind of just is monolithic when you talk about sustainable, organic or biodynamic. Uh, it just all blends in together. And in reality, there's lots of different steps and stages as you move from conventional to sustainable to organic to biodynamic. There is, but see, this is what, and this is hitting the nail on the head. We've had a lot of great, very starstruck vintners be on the show. And then invariably they get so passionate and they get so far off tangent that they lose the consumer and lose the audience because they care so much about what's going on. And what we're looking for is just boiled down, what does it mean to you, the vintner? What does it mean to the soil? What does it mean to the consumer? Why do we care and what do we care about? Yeah, well, you know, for me it's easy because every single thing that you do for the environment has a direct effect on the quality of the wine. So, and that's what's so um, fun about winemaking. Winemaking is is the ability to directly translate the environment that surrounds the grape into the bottle. And um, by having an environment that's, that's healthier, by having an environment that, that's more vibrant, um, the, it's, it's directly um, translated into a bottle of wine. I mean, think about the greenhouse, the, to, uh, the tomato that's grown in a greenhouse in the winter and one that you grow in your backyard. That can almost be the difference between growing grapes conventionally and growing grapes green is the difference between one tasting kind of cardboardy and, and, uh, and flavorless um, compared to one that has a life force to it compared to one that has juiciness and flavor. No, and I think that's something all of us can relate to. If I have a choice between actually nurturing my tomatoes and getting an heirloom or something that's homegrown off my porch, or actually, in my case, out of my neighbor's yard, let's not kid anybody, I'm not actually out tending them, I'll steal them from my neighbors, or going to the local grocery store and buying one that was shipped in three weeks ago, there is a huge difference in the flavors and what I'm getting out of that fruit. 
Huge. And, and, and that is comparable with, to, to what the differences are in the quality of grapes that we get to use from environments that are farmed healthy and environments that are farmed more conventional. So when we say, okay, let's just, let's go ahead and break it down right here. Conventional farming where there's no effort to do green, there's no effort to do sustainable, and there's no effort to do taking it out the ladder, the biodynamic, is basically just, say, your basic grocery store. But what people who are doing, let's start with green and sustainable. Is that stealing the tomato out of my neighbor's yard? Well, you know, the the the, the comparison or the, the steps that I like to say is that if you were a, a, a conventional farmer, and you had a problem, you would probably use some kind of, of herbicide or pesticide. You know, that's kind of standard operating procedure. And, and most farmers are good farmers. They're going to use the one that's least impactful. If you're an organic farmer, um, you're probably going to use something that's safer, like a soap or an oil, you know, something that's more natural and, 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 and not, not artificial. If you're a biodynamic farmer, what you do is you plant a garden, and you buy a cow. And so we're working more with a systems approach um, in, with, with biodynamics. We work with plant systems. We work with animal systems. Our philosophy is we use life to create more life. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not really good conventional farmers out there that face problems that maybe we don't face as organic or biodynamic farmers. But in, in the worst case, Conventional farming is formulaic, and it borrows from the future in order to increase production today. Now, see here, now, okay, Mike, I love you to death. That's everybody. when we start seeing our differences. When we start talking about borrowing through the future, when we start that, that's when you see people's eyes glaze over. They want to know what it means to them today. Come on, yeah. you and I had this argument. All right, so I want to go back to this real quick. So I loved your farmer example. From, you know, someone using minimal pesticides to someone using the different oils to someone using a cow in a garden. I think that's a really, really good way to look at that. Um, But here's what I think is fascinating. This is here we lose people. I think a lot of the consumers, they go and they go on that wine aisle and they see it's organic and biodynamic. And they also see it tends to be, I would say, 30 to 40 percent more expensive than everyday conventional farming. Hey, we are going to have to take a break right here. But while we're taking the break, I want you to think how we can explain to the consumer why things that are organic and biodynamic are more expensive. How about that? You got it. All right. Quick break here on The Crush. When we return, we will continue our scintillating conversation with Mr. Mike Benzinger of Benzinger Winery. Hey, travelers. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right. Call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-989-0233. 800-989-0233. That's 800-989-0233. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest trail. I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. 
Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month and soon enough it was gone. So you're just giving up. Giving up on what? The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it. I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council on the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade from my special collection of old family recipes. To make sure the steaks are extra, extra, extra tender, I left them marinating out on the counter overnight, just like Nana used to. Maria may mean well, but without food safety, it never ends well. Always thaw or marinate foods in the refrigerator at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Or you could make your friends and family really sick. Maria's neighbor Paul didn't think twice about the steak he ate until he was presenting his company's financial forecast to the board. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. with more of the wine crush this is the crush i'm laura lawson right now we are online with mr mike benzinger mike are you still with me i am can you hear me i can all right good all right so before we took that wonderful little break we had broken it down and again for our listeners just joining us i do want to hit this because i've always loved how you explained it when we're looking at the difference between conventional sustainable organic and biodynamic those four little designations that tend to confuse all of us when we look at conventional farming it's almost formulary let's what let's fix whatever's broken sustainable is okay i may have to use a pesticide but i'm gonna try and find one that's not overly harmful but it's but it's the first step in conscious farming you know so that's what i love about sustainability is is that it for the farmer it's the first step for him thinking about what he's doing and how he's impacting the environment and so it gives him the ability to assess the situation and to step on to step on the soil and step in the environment lightly. And in many cases, sustainability is a pathway to organics. It's kind of like the training ground and the, the training regime to to enter into the organic realm. And then organic would be more focused on using natural ingredients and natural inputs in replacement of artificial ones, ones that, that tend to destroy a biodiversity, that damage wildlife, and, uh, and use inputs that uh, are more benign. And then biodynamics is a program that builds on biodiversity. It, it actually invites nature in to do the heavy lifting of growing the grapes and making the wine. And that's a more of a systems approach. It's very, very clear cut. But see, something I always notice, and for my consumers, us everyday wine people, when I go to my grocery store, whether I'm buying wine, whether I am actually in the produce section, and I am looking at the organic section versus the everyday section, there is at least a 30 to 40% price increase. Now, of course, I'm going to guess that I can go to my local Mega Mart and I can buy, uh, let's say, Kent Bernhardt Ant Killer. And Kent Bernhardt Ant Killer is basically 20 cents an ounce. However, if I go buy Laura Lawson Ant Oil, I'm going to pay $1.29 an ounce. Anything that seems that's less harmful for the environment is more expensive, or is that just my imagination? Well, I think that was the case in the past, for sure, you know. And, and uh, 
I think two things happened in the past is, is one, that organic products were more expensive, and two, that they were lower quality because it was more about philosophy than it was methodology. But I think over the last 20 years, Laura, that we've developed the technologies to produce wines at the very highest quality using sustainable, organic, and biodynamic techniques. And I think you'll, you, you'll see that the prices have come down dramatically. As a matter of fact, my family doesn't believe in charging any extra for these wine for these winemaking or these these farming techniques. We we believe that we charge only for the quality that's in the bottle and that if you like the way that you, we do things, then we'll capture you as a loyal customer. Um, but I don't believe at this point that consumers are ready to pay a lot more for organic or biodynamic wines. They're willing to pay more for wines that are better. But if you look on one level, you have Emiliana and you have the Bonterra wines, which I think are which are organic, which I think are sensational values. And then as you work your way up to wines that are higher quality, like Quivera or maybe Frog's Leap or uh, Frey or Katuri, you're paying a little bit more, but you're also getting a quantum leap jump in the uh, in the in the bottle quality as well. Well, I think ultimately you hit the nail on the head. Am I going to go out and pay? $10 extra for one that has the biodynamic of the organic symbol on the front? No. Am I going to go out and pay $15 more for a Chardonnay that's just flat out better? Absolutely. And I think that's where a whole bunch of people, I think this is where we derailed the whole sustainable biodynamic movement 15 years ago, 10 years ago, because people tried them. They were advertising the fact that, hey, we have no carbon footprint. We have a hemp label. And you opened up that wine that you paid $20 for and thought I wouldn't polish my floor with it. Yeah, I think if you if you lead with the organic or the biodynamic message, it's a marketing program. If you lead <laughs> with wine quality, and that becomes the, 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 the forefront of what you're trying to produce, then I believe that you have permission to uh, talk about these green farming techniques if asked. And, you know, like I said before, and I've seen it from experience, I've been doing it long enough, that every single thing that you do for the environment has a direct, not an indirect quality, an uh, indirect impact in, to the quality that's in that bottle of wine. I think what you just said is absolutely outstanding, and I think it ought to define the movement. I'm going to repeat it back as I understand it, that people who are going ahead and ste stepping their foot forward with organic or biodynamic are using it as marketing instead of just letting what's in the bottle speak for itself. Yeah, and another thing, and another thing that I that my family has noticed as well is that this segment of the population that's interested in green products is growing, and it's growing quite fast. In fact, think about it: anybody that's going to have children into this world today is going to be very careful with the products they're buying and how they're being made, and they're going to be very careful with the products they're buying and and what they're doing to their bodies. And so this particular segment, and I'm defining it as, as people between 21 and, and, and 40 years old, are becoming better and better consumers. They're doing the research. They're looking deeper into the products. And we hope in our case, in the case of Benziger Family Wines, that the, the deeper you look, the better it is. And so... But I think that um, as far as the, the segment of the population that's, that's going to create more interest and that's going to create more excitement about this segment is just coming online right now, and it's because they're becoming better consumers. They're willing to do the research. I remember, I remember when you and I digressed at dinner on this conversation, and I like the fact that you are this much of an optimist. I disagree with you. I think we're finding that what is green is actually coming down. I think the idea of being able to help the environment. Now, everybody given A or B, and A and B is the same price, yes, yeah, sure, I'll take the option that will let me save the environment. But ultimately, as we've seen anything that's green coming down to an average level price, and two, I have got to finally agree with you, especially tasting the new vintages coming out of Benzinger, I will say that the wineries that are farming sustainably, at least at least sustainably, are producing a better quality product. Because of that, I believe that consumers are coming around to what is green because it's instant gratification. It is a sense of entitlement. I'm going to buy what's best, and it's happening because the wines are sustainable, they're taking the time with them, and because they are actually putting a better quality product in the bottle. 
So you and I can agree to disagree. You're an optimist. I'm a realist. We'll just go from there. I yeah, ho- I, I think that um, be- because p- the information is, is becoming more available about what wineries are doing and people can easily um, call this information up um, you know, through different methodologies on their handhelds and things like that or through different apps that um, – it's going to be um, very easy for cons- for consumers to make really educated choices in, in within the next five now and in the next five years, and I think it's going to to really help to promote wineries that are trying to do the right thing. But the right thing isn't always enough to get to get growers and to get wineries to really commit. It's got to be able to increase quality, and it's got to be able to save money. So when I talk to my growers, when I talk to other wineries, the only way that I can convince them to go green is that those three things have to be implemented at the same time. You have to be able to increase quality with the, the, the uh, practices that you're using. They have to be able to be of value. In other words, they, they can't cost you a lot more money. In fact, they have to save you money. And they have to create a loyalty with customers by doing the right thing. If those all aren't working for you, the program and and I, I agree with you. It's it's it, you 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 deserve to be pessimistic at that point. <laughs> well, Mike, he, thank you so much for being part of the crush today. I, I think number one, I am a fan of Benzinger Widens. I have been forever. And I think what we're seeing now is I'm hoping that you are going to be the person that steps in the spotlight for all these movements, that you become the guru because you get it from all sides. And I hope our listeners will at least go out and experience Benzinger wines just because of the fact you're able to talk common sense. Yeah, and I got to say, too, that there's a lot of really good players out there as well. We're not the only ones that are that are um, trying to to, um, to move the ball forward here. And, you know, we're not perfect either. I mean, we're we're learning as we go along, but... The California wine industry is becoming populated by more and more responsible players, and um, I'm, I'm very optimistic well, about it. I mean, yep, there's a, there's a corporate rule out here that uh, that does you know want to save money at all costs, but it, but on the, uh, as a counter movement, there's a lot of strong family businesses out here that understand that they have to be responsible because they have to preserve what's left for the next generation. Well, they do. And Mike, I hope you're going to be leading that charge for a long, long time. Thank you very much for being part of the crush today. And I definitely want to have you back as you start getting into harvest. And perhaps you can explain to it a little bit more and a little bit clearly when you're having a little more Chardonnay and more sleep deprived. You got it. All right, Mike. All right. Thanks for the opportunity, Laura. I appreciate it. Hey, another quick break here on The Crush. When we return, we will pick up with our prison stories and our criminal intent but right after this message. Follow host Laura Lawson on Twitter at Wine Crush Radio. This is the Wine Crush. If you suffer from heartburn or other digestive-related disorders, then there is a new, safe, better, and natural alternative to better digestive wellness and heartburn relief. Praxid not only provides relief of heartburn, but Praxid takes a 360-degree approach to support better digestion, protect you from harmful bacteria, and also balance your stomach to improve digestive functions. We like to think of it as the multivitamin of digestive health. It's the only product to combine all natural ingredients known for the digestive health properties into a single patented product. Praxid also comes in easy-to-carry packs. Praxid relieves, restores, and maintains a healthy digestive system. Praxid is available here for only $39.95. Shipping and handling is free, and your money back is guaranteed. To take advantage of this special radio offer, call now, 1-800-829-5735. That's 1-800-829-5735. Again, 1-800-829-5735. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Call On Call Pharmacy right now and save as much as $700. 800-884-7919. On Call Pharmacy delivers the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or 
yellow pills for 120 bucks with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Call On Call Pharmacy now and take advantage of this special offer. 800-884-7919. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. 800-884-7919. 800-884-7919. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Now more of Laura Lawson and the Wine Crush. Welcome back to the Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. I hope all of you enjoyed that conversation with Mike Benzinger as much as I did. Special thank you for him calling in and speaking very candidly. I hope also that you can grasp the differences of what we're discussing. I know we didn't get into the true difference between sustainable, biodynamic, organic, and the the stairways up, and that is a conversation for another time. But I think, if nothing else, his example helped clarify what all these different movements mean, whether it's talking about formulary, whether it's talking about the pest control, whether it's talking about buying the cow. But I am curious to know what you think. You are the consumer. You are the person that's out buying this wine. Are you looking to actually purchase the wines that are sustainable, organic, or biodynamic because you are more altruistic? Or are you buying them basically out of a sense of of entitlement? I'm going to buy it because it's better. I want to know. 877-4-CRUSH-1. Email me, lauralawson at winecrush.com. Tell me which one of us was right, Mike being hopeful or me being a realist. We could actually have fun and do a poll with this. So, Kent, you are actually. Why don't we put a poll on the website? I think we ought to. Let's do that. Well, what do you? Hey, you've actually. God forbid, I know how to keep you distracted and quiet now. But what do you think, having listened to all this? Do you think people buy the products because they actually think it's good for the environment, or are they buying it because they're better? Never. I never buy anything because it's good for the environment. I did one time. I bought a cleaning product, and it sucked. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I have tried, yeah. and it's like uh, all the local mega marts now are asking you to have their own little plastic or their own little hemp woven bags. Right. And I have friends that have gone out and bought those. I have also who have friends that are in the middle of the parking lot have had the bags break out, have had to go in and get more stuff, or worse yet, have the bad smelling in the back of their cart. And they said, yeah. to hell with this, I'm going back to where I was. Well, I like that he does this, though, And but the thing is he focuses on the quality. That's what I found most intriguing about him. Well, think about some of the, we won't name names. Think about some of the previous guests we've had on the show to talk about biodynamic and organic. Uh, I don't even know if you'll remember those. That's generally the ones where you take off, go down oh, the hall, stop it. and you just you know kind of tune it out. But no, what I like about Mike is he's passionate without being, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, preachy, I preachy. Uh, preachy, yes, or I was thinking, terror, you know, agriterrorist kind of mentality. But no, he hits the nail on the head because he talks about this movement uh, having quality, value, and loyalty. And I think those three things added together take the criminal faction out of not understanding biodynamic, sustainable, and organic off the table. So, Mike, thank you very much. And yes, this is how this all ties together with criminality. It would be criminal not to take care of the environment if... The wines were indeed better than what we're used to drinking. So that's how I get on that soapbox today. All right, but speaking of criminal, this is just fascinating to me. 
There is a new wine coming out. Uh, Marchese Frescobaldi. I absolutely love the Frescobaldi lines. I think we're dealing with 18 generations of making wine in that family. They have released the first vintage of a wine made by prisoners on the Italian prison island of Gorgona. Yes, there is a prison that's 22 miles off the coast of Italy. It's off the coast of Tuscany, and they have planted vineyards on this island. Now, granted, there's only 136 prisoners at this compound, but all of them are forced into making wine. All of them are forced into vineyard management. The inmates get hands-on experience. They actually put it together. They grow the grapes. They make the wines their own property. And this is how they spend their sentences. I like that. But see, here you all right, think about this. The the Italians and the Frescobaldi say this is a great idea. We're gonna expand our vineyards. Uh, we get a marketable product, we get labor for it, we teach the inmates um, a usable skill. You realize when we have these people that go out that learn how to farm, that learn how to harvest, that learn how to crush grapes, to stem grapes, go ahead, ferment it, put it together. You know what we call that here in the United States, right? What will be like servitude? Try an intern. Oh, and I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> interns are servitude. Yes, know. interns. Exactly what they're getting in prison is an internship. And can you imagine if you're in the penal system in Italy, you're fighting to get into this prison. If this were the United States, I swear to you, you'd have people committing crimes just for the opportunity to go work for the Frescobaldis and actually learn how to make wine under them. I don't doubt that for a minute. So anyway, the wine's going to be released this year. It's going to retail for about $66 a bottle. Uh, I do not have the name of it yet, but it's definitely worth looking at. I'm going to see if we can try and get someone to come in and discuss it. Hey, we're going to take another quick break right here. When we get back, we will wrap up today's show and preview some things coming down the pipe. Why are you so into Pinot? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um... It's a hard grape to grow. It's thin skin, temperamental. It's, you know, it's not a survivor like Cabernet. Need a wine recommendation for a party? Want Laura to address something on the show? Email her at lauralawson at winecrush.com. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 800-915-9734. 800-915-9734. That's 800-915-9734. The IRS is the most feared agency in the world. You've heard ads from other companies offering to help taxpayers only if they owe over $10,000. Here at Platinum Tax Defenders, we're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and we're proud to be one of the only tax firms in the country who understands that people who owe less than $10,000 need help just as badly. The IRS doesn't care how much money you owe. They'll still garnish your wages and even seize your assets. So whether you owe just a few thousand dollars or hundreds of thousands, call now for your free tax consultation. If you qualify, we may even be able to reduce your tax debt down to a small fraction of what you owe. So don't wait until the IRS seizes your property and garnishes your wages. Call 800-856-1330 and get your tax problem resolved once and for all. That number again is 800-856-1330. 800-856-1330. As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? But in order to know what I wanted to be, I had to first decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more. So I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore. And frustration a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy. And giving up 
impossible. I make an old subject feel like a fresh thought, and unconventional methods common. I make material things less important, and little things like patience and kindness count. I make weekdays more exciting than weekends, and classrooms feel like anything but. I make things different, which is all I ever hoped for. I'm a teacher. I make more. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Now it's more of the Wine Crush. Welcome back to the Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. Today we have been looking at the criminal natures of the wine business. Whether it's from counterfeit wines, whether it's from criminals actually making wines, or the criminality associated with not understanding the difference between sustainable, organic, and biodynamic, I think we've kind of hit it all the way around. But I'm going to make my personal commentary on criminal right now. The world's first cola-flavored wine has been launched. It's going to be named Rouge Sucette, meaning red lollipop in French. Out of France, yes, they are making something they are calling wine made from 75% grapes and 25% water, sugar, and cola flavoring. Unveiled at Vin Expo, this wine is targeting the Coke generation of younger American drinkers as a way of easing them into the wine category. So let me get this straight. The French, who will not let us use the word clos, vintage, surly, aged port, chateau on any of our bottles, are allowed to call something that only has 75% grapes in it. The rest is basically a Coca-Cola. They're allowed to call that wine, and they're allowed to export that into the United States, categorized as wine, and sell it to our youth so that they can capture that market. Does anybody else find something wrong with this? Oh, we can't come in with our great wines like Chateau Montalena, like Clos de Bois, like Clos de Val. We can't take those overseas. But they have absolutely no problem putting something on a bottle that's not even made entirely of grapes and labeling it wine and selling it to all of us. That, to me, is absolutely 100% criminal. The hypocrisy that gets involved when you start looking at the intricacies and ins and outs of this absolutely makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Either we need to be all the way in or all the way out. Either people need to declare what is wine or butt out and not declare anything at all. We can't have it both ways, and they shouldn't be allowed to either. As always here on The Crush, I remind you, we sip socially, to drink responsibly, to drink what you like, not what you're told, but most importantly, in vino veritas, in wine, there is truth. I'm Laura Lawson, and I'll talk with you next week.